Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Check one, two, check one, two. Hello, all. Hello. Welcome to the Dual Position Podcast. I'm your host, the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence, joined, as always, by Brewski. Mate, I'm doing well. You, not so much. No. No, not at all. I'm in a raging bad mood. I had an absolute stinker this round. Copped everything under the sun, including an AE of two from James Schiller, so... Yeah, it it could be worse. I did see a screenshot going around of a bloke who VC'd Munster. Great, good start. Uh, decided he wanted to loop, and his only way to loop was to put the C on Schiller. Missed the missed the news, and has a has a lovely score of four. So whoever that is, shout out to you. Uh, myself, I'm sporting a nice score of twelve hundred and twenty six. Bruski, a little bit further behind at nine hundred and forty six. But we're moving into the buy rounds. We're we're planning for that. So. Could make up some ground, but Brad Fittler and Billy Slater have decided to just take a huge shit on all of our planning. Seems like Daniel Tupo has been selected. Seems like uh, Ryan Madison is selected. Seems like Angus Angus Crichton is not, however. So surely Angus Crichton is like a must-have next week, yeah? 100% must-have. You just said something, but that made me feel slightly better, and I was actually looping initially until about five minutes before the game and I was captaining Schiller. So that's some good news, I suppose. Uh, I could have have switched it to Papali'i, but he did only get 66, which is better than what my captain scored anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I was was tossing up to whether to loop or not. Like I had the C on Cleary, uh, had the VC on Munster, Turns out not looping was actually better for me because it means I wouldn't have brought in Cameron McInnes as you and I discussed on our, on our Tuesday pod. Um, I think the scenario that we, we played out was if 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 I wasn't looping, I would bring in McInnes. And yeah, we ended up bringing him in and he, and he went superb and made the loop not worth it. We, had, we actually ended up net, netting some points there, which was nice. So look, the, the first game, let's just get straight into it because it was the Storm 28, Seagulls 8, headlined by months with 112 this was just a monster show. I think you, you and I, I'm not going to say chalk this up because I think a lot of people had the Melbourne bounce back happening, but monster with 112, it's always nice to start the round off with a, with a big score. Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal right from the get go too. You could tell, you could tell they were on pretty much from the first set. And I'm quite surprised within this that, um, he, uh, Smith got the try assist for his try. Cause Smith did, you know, sweet FA really when it comes to that first try, that was all Munster. Yeah. Um, I just think it, it's, it's Jerome Hughes, isn't it? It's, it's clear why Melbourne prioritizes signing him over Munster. Now I'm not saying Munster's a bad player, not by any stretch of the imagination, but Hughes just makes his side. He frees up so much and it really helps with, with Munster and, and Grant and, and just all them rolling forward. So, um, Harry Grant was a laid out, which 
mm. made me have to play a certain Canberra hooker, who we will touch on later on. But Harry Grant being out really threw a lot of people off. Uh, there were some laid outs. Some people were playing. Some people had their had their squad depth really tested this week. Um, so Cheese did come in, and he he got a respectable score. Got a respectable score of fifty four. So not not too bad for for owners, but could be better considering the form that he was in last year. Uh, Kenny Bromwich with a 91, Nick Meany with a 70, Tui Kamikamika with a 60, uh, rounds out the best scores for them. As for Manly, a guy that's getting harder and harder not to own now that Turbo's out, Hamel Olakowatu had about 400,000 penalties given away and a million errors and still churned out 70 doing sweet FA. Yeah, all in base power, which is beautiful. And it's good to see first week without Turbo that there's a reliable score in there because obviously... Manly didn't offer up much in the way of attack in this game. So, yeah, that's the first time owning Olakowatu. I've been like, good, good, good. My hero of this game, though, however, is Ruben Garrick. 67 points in a side that scored eight, and he missed both conversions. So, stud. I think he had 35 base power from fullback, which is very, very handy for a side, especially only scoring eight points, and he still pumped up nearly 70 points a game. Yeah, I was actually getting Garrick until... until uh, Grant went down, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, but 67 at the time, I was like, I can cop that. It's not a ton. But plan is to get him in this coming week now. it's. I think it's literally exactly what I said to you on the podcast, mate. Like, I'm an owner. 67 is is great. Like, I'm happy with it. But as a non-owner, you're not too upset. Like, it's he's literally just, like, in the middle ground. Yeah, I think he had a BE of around 100. So, he'll lose a few dollars and cents, not much, but... At least he's shown the form to have the confidence to bring him in next week. And the only other big score from this game is George Tafua in his return game to the NRL with a 63-point affair. Uh, If you and George Tafua, then well done. Game two, the Panthers 22, the Cowboys 0. Many were saying this was a reality check, but surely realistic Cowboys fans didn't expect. Like They would have wanted to compete, and I think they did. Um, but Penrith are just a, a class above the rest, and and that was highlighted. Dylan Edwards with a hundred point affair, good for him. Uh, Isaiah Yeo with an eighty three with a try. Apicoris out eighty one. Brian Toro seventy one. Uh, Talon May with a sixty eight. James Fisher Harris with a sixty one. Rounded out sort of the the best scores. Tago versus May. Has your has your thought process changed as to who you want to keep, or do you want to keep both? Do you want to keep none? Is the Tago jewel better to have? Where are you sitting on this? Well, May kind of got saved by late junk in this one, and he did. I suppose there was a little bit of extra stuff that happened in, say, the final 20 to 30 minutes, but I think the bloke was on seven at halftime. It, it seems to go more through Tago than it does through May. So if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Tago now. That said, for the short term, I'll probably just hold both and see what happens. 58 points from Nathan Cleary. Bloke got held up over the line about three times. Could have had about 150. Uh, Cowboys were very good defensively. Look, I said it on Twitter either after the game or the next day. I actually respect the Cowboys maybe even more after that game. The Panthers, are they're a different beast now. Like This is ridiculous. They've Over the last three years, their their record is second to none and they are just an elite side and for for them to only really lose six nil in the second half Penrith would normally stomp all over that team and and put 40 50 points on so I I respect the Cowboys for for the effort that they put up and they they should hold their heads high especially with the amount of ball the uh the, the Penrith Panthers had they they just had a plethora of ball and couldn't crack um 
Stephen Crichton looks like he's going to Origin camp. Looks like he will be starting game one. So, kind of shafts everyone's Origin planning. I guess the watch is for it hasn't been. It's been confirmed that Daniel Tupo will come into the Origin camp and, and play. It hasn't been confirmed as to who he comes in for. You would expect that it's Adokar that drops out, but Brian Toto could be on buy round watch. Something to note. Uh, I'm, I haven't seen teams. So if anyone wants to put in the chat right now. When teams are dropped, let me know. Um, but I do expect Adokar to come out for Daniel Tupo. So Brian To'o, unfortunately, not, not an option. And by round specialist, Viliami Kikau only scored a 36-pointer. Really hoping that stays that way next week as no, no, no. He was also put on report, but seems to have escaped, escaped charges as well. Um, for the Cowboys, Queensland debutant Jeremiah Nenai. 75-point affair. Since when did Jeremy Nenai develop a base, Brew? Because he scored 75 in all base power. Of course he did. We were talking about how he has only had a couple of scores over whatever, whatever it so was we last, now have, last week. We so. now have Sean Lane, a f- uh, f- fan of the show, Dane Gagai, fan of the show, and also Jeremiah Nanai out there listening, I'm sure. Yeah, I was actually looking at Gagai during the week. I thought, well... <laughs> You can't. You've got. You've got to. You've got to stick firm. Oh, my soul. You've got to stick firm on your on your morals, and you can't. You can't buy him. Um, also, Queensland debutant Ruben Cotter. What a man! What a man! Seventy two. I was points. taking the piss on Twitter for anyone that saw that I said that he's worth ten mil, ten million dollars. But seriously, the way he's playing, he, he just reminds me of you know Lolo from a few years ago, where he's just this bloke with a with an engine and a half and he runs at a million miles an hour and he always looks like he's going to break through and he just keeps tackling. He's an absolute legend. Yeah. 72 points all in just workload, which was fantastic. Uh, Valentine Holmes with a 59 round out the sort of top scores from them. Uh, you've got to scroll down all the way to the bottom. Popular purchase, popular buy round Ooh. purchase, Scott Drinkwater, 12 point affair. Yikes. Nice. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it's it's good as a non-owner, um, but yeah, I don't think this I don't think this game represented how I'm not going to say how close it was because I, I never felt Melbourne uh, Penrith were in doubt, but it wasn't a 22 point margin game basically. It, they they were a bit frazzled when they couldn't score the tries the way they've been scoring the tries for the last six weeks, and I think that threw them off their game a little bit. So they need to go back to the drawing board and make sure that you know if if Plan A doesn't work that they have a Plan B, and I just think. Drinkwater obviously was affected by that with them scoring a big fat donut. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Broncos thirty-five, the Titans twenty-four. The Titans were up what twenty-four to six at halftime. Something ridiculous, nil, I think. Yeah, it was. and uh, uh, you just just triumphed in the second half. Just not good. Um, Herbie Farmworth hundred and five. Ezra Mam eighty-one. Uh, Kurt Capewell with a seventy. Pat Carrigan sixty-six. Um, Tamari Martin with a sixty-six. Uh, Selwyn Cobo with a sixty-five. Payne Haas with a sixty-two. Rounds out the top scores from them. Uh, this Selwyn Cobo kid, he, he's pretty good at footy. Yeah, bloody oath he is. Um, be interesting to see if he's named in the Origin side. I, I was, I was happy when I woke up uh, and I saw this score. Obviously, I get up super early, so I didn't watch this game. Um, when I woke up and saw that he scored 65 and I'd seen that Broncos scored 35 points, I was just like wiping my brow like, thank God. Yeah, like it's... He's going on a run. He's going on a, a very good run. I can remember Alex Johnson. I think Alex Johnson scored 15 tries in four weeks um, midway through last year. Cobo hasn't scored as many, but he's definitely going on a run. I think he scored something like 11 tries in five weeks, so definitely been killing it. Uh, as for Herbie Farnworth... 
he has just yeah, he just he's just he's just that guy. He's just putting up scores. He just put him up every week. Yeah. I wish I had Herbie over Stags at the moment. I mean, for Tony Stags, we didn't mention him. Forty six points, I wouldn't say is a is a is a huge disaster. Yeah, but didn't he goal kick? Uh he yes he did. Well, it's a disaster then. That makes yeah, he's probably at twenty points in goal kicks there. Which is it's just yeah. <laughs> Cobo's getting all the points. Cobo is getting all the points. Yeah, but so so is Corey Oates and bloody Herbie. Farnworth, though, too. They always going down that channel. As for the Titans, Toby Saxon with an 85. Tino Farsul Malawi uh, with a 72. AJ Brimson with a 70. Fafita with a 70. Uh, rounds out the top scores. What What's going wrong with the Titans? Because they can clearly put up points. Like I, I don't think the attack is the issue. They just Is it just, are they missing experienced head? Like, are they missing someone to just, just chill them out when, when it's sort of getting under the boil? Because that short kickoff, man, that was... I think that that just anticipated what happened. Titans up two tries and decided to go for a short kickoff and just really, like the momentum was already swinging, but it, it really unraveled there. They're a young side and they're missing, they're missing the, the shore aheads. I think, you know, you look at most of those names on the list there. Most of them are quite young under 25 um, in yeah. the leadership. You know, I think Tino's the captain and he made that call and he's only a young fella himself. I just think they need some more experience in that, in that spine, you know, they play 40 minutes and they look like a top eight side and then they play another 40 minutes and they look like they should get the spoon. It's just a really inconsistent season for the Titans. If only they had some kind of, you know, veteran halfback that played six, seven years in Q Cup who looked really good when he played first grade. If only they had sort of someone like that that maybe, you know, wasn't the halfback for the Raiders. Yeah, they shouldn't have got rid of Fogarty at all. Game four of the week, the war- talk about size that capitulate. The Warriors sixteen, the Knights twenty four. This was a this was a dread, dreadful game to watch. Yeah, I'll be honest. I watched the first half and I turned off the second <laughs> half. It was that bad. Um, but the thing is, Warriors seem to play three o'clock Saturday every single Saturday, and every week it's the same story. You know, against South they did it in reverse because they came back and almost won, but. I'm pretty sure over the last two weeks they've got out to a lead and they've squandered it both weeks. And yeah, it's just, it's not, it's really not pretty to watch the Warriors at the moment. Like not pretty at all. I don't think I own any of them right now. After being potentially the worst preseason buy, Vaela's going to be like 400K in, in a month. Is he? Yeah. That'd be right. I sold him this week. He, uh, he's got a, he's got a lovely, what was it? 50, 55 this week off the back of a 62 last week. So uh, we're all going to play him next week because it's the buy round, and he'll score a, a nice five. So very keen for that. But yeah, so. he's he's uh, he's actually starting to generate a little bit of cash, which is which is good. You uh, and Aiken top scored for the Warriors with a sixty six. Adam Pompey with a sixty five, and, and Dallin with his Lesniak next with a fifty six. Hey, as a non Tohu owner, seeing him only score fifty points, really really nice, and he was being used a lot as a decoy. So. Uh, you and I were very much on the on the bandwagon of let's wait a week, like let's wait for the first price drop. I'm probably not even going to jump on now. Nah, I'm completely not even looking at the option anymore. It's just, to be honest, I don't really want any of the Warriors. They're just, they're not, I don't like watching them. They're very inconsistent. You know, I was quite keen on Jazz, but now that Jazz has moved to prop, I think, you know, he'll have some good weeks, but I think that 40 to 50 is probably going to be the range that he falls in most weeks. What do you mean? You're not keen on Chanel Harris-DeVita and he's six points now? 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 80 minutes? Uh, negative. Yeah, no, no, sorry, I am not. <laughs> For the Knights, Anari Tuala, top score with a 95. Kalen Ponga with a 72. Tyson Frizzo with a 71. David Clemmer with a 65-point affair. Not much else to talk about, really, apart from the injury to Daniel Saifidi. Hey, a Saifidi has been selected into the Origin camp. It's Jacob. Yep, that's that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's not interesting. That's a terrible... That's a terrible choice, but um, I keep checking my phone to see if that origin side's getting announced, but it doesn't appear to be it announced. Apparently, it's being announced tonight on the Matty John show as at time of recording, so hopefully, it can come through. Um, not much else to talk about here, really. The Knights are just as mediocre as the Warriors are. And speaking Absolutely. speaking of another mediocre side, the Tigers eighteen forty four, the Rabbitohs. Uh, Cody Walker did sweet FA for about 70 minutes of this game. was on about 20 points. Looked really deadly, but just not scoring any points. And finishes the game on a cool 103 points. But this one was headlined by the history-breaking Alex Johnston now becoming the highest try scorer for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, congratulations to him. And he's only, what, 60 tries away from Ken Irvine's record, who many thought to be untouchable. And he's still only 27, Brew. He's so young. And remember, South wanted to let him go, and there was like a, peti- yeah, like they a petition. There was, yeah. there was like a petition from South fans to keep him at the club. Well, he signed till 25, and I think they said on the, I think they said on the coverage, 14 tries a year within that contract, and he'll break Irvine's record. So good on him. You know, they were, they never should have been looking to get rid of him. He's, he's a talented winger. He never lets them down. So you are right about Cody Walkholes. <laughs> I was salivating watching this game. I was watching South tear him up in the second half going, close, Cody. He's going to no come cigar back. again. And then he got some arsey one under the sticks where it kind of just fell on his oh, lap. Oh, it was the was kick. Like, yeah, oh, the I... kick. It was, like a, it was like a double ricochet. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, 17 points. And then it just turned on from there. <laughs> yeah. And I was the same. I was like, all right, I'll give you that 17. You can finish on 50. And then, yeah. And then he gets the... The the try that he scored was great. It was a good try. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, only you got to be like, yeah, it's a good try. <laughs> And I saw him get eighty, and I was like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" And then, and then he got this the will update. My round. And then he got the updates for the Campbell Graham try, which it's Campbell Graham had a bit of a flick on. It was like a touch of pass, so it could have gone either way. Um, but as an owner, after about sixty-eight minutes, I was like, "You know what, Cody at, at fifty, I'm happy with that because like it could have been a lot worse." And then yeah, he just sort of went ballistic in the last ten minutes. Uh, Alex Alex Johnson, as we said, scored a hat trick, hundred and fourteen points this week. Uh, Campbell Graham with a hundred and nineteen. I've been very much in the Campbell Graham should be playing Origin Camp over Katoni Staggs. I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, I I agree. I, I've I've said all along that I personally think Matt Burton should be in the side. Uh, Crichton seems to be nailed down to having definitely one of those centers. The right center so, with Toto, I would imagine, is his. And then I just like to see Campbell yeah. Graham play, play left center, like he's been playing it for club footy, and um, he's been. I, I, I actually, I'm behind it now. You know, I, I watched him last week have a really good game, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe what people are saying 
it is true. Like I watched him closer and then I watched him really closely in this game and he, he absolutely destroyed them. Um, very creative. They look so much better on the left-hand side. And I think they've moved him because they're missing Gagai on that side and they've gone, you know what, Campbell's a much better ball player. Yeah. Let's try and open up that left side again. And I think that's the reason for the move. Um, I wish I had known that before I got Tane Milne because it's killed the right side. And Tane's killed me three weeks in a row now. So wonderful. But um, yeah, well, the side's out apparently. Yeah, so, so you, you look for it while keep stalling for time. Um, so yeah, look, they, they experimented with the Paulo, uh, with the Jackson Paulo and Tane Milne thing, and it just didn't really work. And then yeah, Campbell Graham on the left-hand side has looked really good. Uh, Saliva Havili, shout out to Aman from Aman Talk Supercoach. He's cheapy from about three weeks ago. Really good pickup. He's had a fantastic work right off the bench. Uh, Damian Cook with a 72. Cameron Murray with a 64 in his game back from injury. As for the Tigers, Ken Mamalo with a 79 and Dane Laurie with a 79 as well. With the only two impressive scores from this Tiger side, he put up 18 points a game. Bruski, have we found the origin side? No, I still haven't. All right. Oh, yep. I do. Actually, I do. I've I can tell. Let, let, let me guess. Is James Tedesco the fullback, man? Have I got that one right? He is. Oh. Tedesco, To'o, Crichton, Staggs, Tupu, Luai, Cleary, Paulo, Cook, Haas, Sims, Murray, Yowie Power, Hines on debut, Frizzell, Madison, RCG. That has killed my super coach side. I've got nothing for 13 and nothing for 17 anymore. Oh. Oh, so Fidi's only in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's only he's only in the, in the camp he's only in the team no he's only in the camp oh, we'll say Sawali so yeah you know yeah, emerging squad uh, interesting squad Tarek Sims being picked um, over the likes of Liam Martin um, over experience I think yeah which, which, as a Queenslander I don't really care um, interesting that that Stags has been picked as well so it looks like they have mm. gone with Stags to play left centre despite playing right centre for club footy which. Interesting. The re- I just preferred Campbell Graham because of the fact that he would be playing on the left, and you'd sync up Toto and uh, what's his name, Crichton, on the on the right. But interesting side. Queensland will be released tomorrow, as per usual. Uh, twenty six. No, sorry, thirty six to sixteen. The Roosters defeated the Sharks. Tedesco, one hundred and forty four points. <laughs> nice. If you owned him. Fantastic! Uh, what a game! He just—he was in everything. He set he, two, he set two up, two up for a few tries. Uh, who also capitalised with a hundred and six point affair. I thought I was a genius. Uh, Thirteen weeks ago, when I picked him for round one, thought thinking he'd be a great hold up until the buy period. But as Brew just announced, he is now in Origin. And uh, look, Suwali, something to be quickly mentioned as well. Failed a HIA, might not even play this week if he doesn't pass protocols. Well, which would be huge. That's just that is just a big old kick in the dick. That one. I'm losing players for that by left, right, and center. I'm, I'm almost going to give up on next week. I had, um, I had I had six. If you told me like two weeks ago, I had like sixteen players. Now I, I might have ten, maybe. Yeah, I think you asked me a couple of weeks ago, and I said I could have fifteen or sixteen. And now by choice, because I, my numbers were looking so good, I I picked up a few players that would play the second buy instead, and I thought were better fits in the short term, and. I'll be. I'll probably be lucky to have ten next week now, um, but yeah, this game. Look, uh, for periods of it, it was one of the Roosters' best performances of the year. But they still had that drop-off period, and they got to, really got to stop doing that. So they let them back in the game with three relatively quick tries in the second half. Teddy, man, like I think the week that a lot of people sold Tedesco. If you look at his numbers since then, without playing the best football of his career by any means. They're, they're pretty 
bloody impressive scores. Uh, Tupu, he's the winger out of the two that you do want. Um, obviously, they love that left side in there. Crichton going back to the left has just reinvigorated that edge somewhat. So I'd expect to more scores from Toops. Butcher's the gift that keeps giving. Obviously, you know, you take out the 30 points for the try. It's still a 52, which is good. But, um, you know, an 80-plus after what he did last week is pretty, pretty kick-ass. The squad that you named is is the p- potential squad. So anyone that was listening, that they'll be listening back tomorrow. Probably, I don't think the squad has been released just yet, but that was from the Telegraph that you read off, which I don't think is too far off considering the, the leaked mail that we have. Um, as for the Roosters, yeah, I mean, Nat Butcher. How good? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one down to you because I was not looking at him at all and then you told me to buy him and I bought him last week and then since then he's gone 69, 82. Absolute stud at like 350K. I, I know. How how brutal. Um, John, injuries keep every single fucking week. Injuries keep happening during the week and then I'll have to change my trade plans and it happened again this week. So Tilly Tupinor with a 19-pointer back off the bench again this week then slotted in at centre. Uh, gross. I mean, I think you and I, we told everyone to sell um, last week, I think. So, happy with that. Um, but as for the Sharks, they made a game out of it at the end, but they I don't think they were ever in it. Top scored, no, by Cam- top scored by Cameron McInnes. The definition of a plotter, the definition of a safe 60, decides he goes and gets a try and two line breaks the week I buy him. So, I am very happy with the man missing a front tooth. Yeah. That guy dead set should not look in a mirror. But in terms of his football, he is wonderful. I've been trying to get him for three weeks, and I keep saying round 14, round 14, round 14. It looks like he's going to cost me a little bit extra now, but that is my season this year. So, <laughs> uh, Ronaldo Molotalo, 71. Sione Katoa with 68. Sifatalakai with a 65. Uh, Blake Bradley with a 60. Going to go all the way down to the midway sort of the pack to see Nico Hines get a 51. Sharks are looking very inconsistent. Are we panicking on Nico? Uh, he's a hold for the season, but this is what I was trying to say last week. I, I think he, in terms of him being your captain, it's going to be nervous because he he reminds me a little bit of like, a little bit like Ponga was a couple of seasons ago where you knew he had that 160 in him, but he also had a 30 or a 40 in him. Similar to Jerome like, Hughes this year, I feel. Yeah, so that's why I'd always be a bit nervy. Like, that's why I prefer your Cleary types. Like, typically this week, you know, he had to go and have probably have his worst game of the season, Cleary. Mind you, as you stated, he, he was held up and he was close a couple of times and I think he got ripped off on one of the TAs. So, yeah. Yep, as simple as that. Uh, this was, a, this was a, a game that I did not want to watch. The Bulldogs 24, the Dragons 34. Uh, top scored in the match by Zach Lomax with a 96, 70 for Andrew McCulloch, and 65 for Blake Laurie. Now enters NRL folklore, uh, being an NRL try scorer. Well done to Blake Laurie for getting his first career try. Well done to you. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Matt Duffy with an 87, Jake Avarillo with a 79, Luke Thompson with a 77, Matt Burton with a 70. Uh, Jacob Caraz is dead to me. He decided to change sides. The base just died. I played him this week, got a 24. Not ideal. Uh, TPJ being out mean, means I had to play Max King, who got a 56, which is not bad. But TPJ, uh, I think you want to see the back of him, don't you? Oh, oh I'm done with TPJ. That, yeah, getting two <laughs> points for my AE, that just really killed me. It cost me 
well, it could definitely cost me two leagues, and I know that means I had low scoring opponents, but they are both cash leagues, and and I was playing easy opponents this week, and and I've now dropped them both. Jeez, what caches are you in that you're winning with nine hundred and forty? I scored twelve thirty and lost one of my matchups, so I want to invite to your cash comps. Um, not a whole lot here to talk about, really. I mean, from a standpoint, both sides are not good. Both sides are not worth spending much time on. Uh, the last game of the round, however, the Raiders 20, Eels 28. This was a really, really good game. I really enjoyed watching this. I did not enjoy Ricky Stewart. Fuck Ricky Stewart. I'm looking down the camera. I hate you. Stop ruining Tom Starling because it's getting really frustrating. 25 points in about 25 minutes. Oh, I don't understand. Maybe I'm biased because I'm an owner and I like in my fantasy stocks, but he is like your best player. Stop benching him. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many minutes did uh, Wolford end up playing? Uh, d- enough, too many, like fifty five. I don't. Oh I d- wow! Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He played. A, he played yeah, he it. played long minutes. Wow. Um. Yeah. He um. Ricky's. It's to the point where I don't even know if I can own Canberra players anymore. Like he, he just he fucks around with that side so much that. I don't have the – like, that's why I didn't get Adam Elliott because I was just like, you know what, he's probably going to be a good cheapie, but I just can't trust that after what he did with CHN that I'm not going to cop that again. And even Schiller, like, to start the year, I, I know he was dropped for a reason, but he was one of their best backs at the time. And they went they went from winning games to losing games. And then, you know, he couldn't even see the inside of that squad at all. But then all these other people keep coming back in. I think Savage is highly overrated. To be honest with you, I don't know what bang, all the hype bang. is there with 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 Savage. I just don't think he's, you know, got that next level elite fullback. Still very you young. Know, I, I, yeah, he is young, and there's there's a few of them that are young, but just not not the type of fullback that I think Canberra needs. To be honest, they, someone, they don't really play like that type of side to, to so, have someone, the someone Jaden Campbell type. Someone put in the chat. Wolford looked average as well, which I agree. Like I don't. Like, Starling is just so much better. Anyway, I'm going to stop ranting because come round 14, after the bye, I've got two trades planned, and then Adam Elliott and Tom Starling, both my Raiders boys, are gone. Uh, Josh Papali'i, 74, just absolutely killed it. Just offloading galore, base power, immense. He was he was great. As was Joe Tarpany with a 66. Sebastian Chris with a 65. Uh, round out the top scores for, for them. No one else really stood out for the Raiders side. For the Eels, however, this was Bally Simonson and Dylan Brown's time to shine. Both those boys with 100-plus scores. Sean Lane. Shout out to Sean Lane. Know you're listening. Uh, friend of the show. 79-point uh, game <laughs> seventy nine point game from him. 68 from Mitch Moses. 66 from Isaiah Papali'i. And 59 from Ryan Madison. So, overall, not a huge scoring Saturday. Uh, a huge scoring Sunday for, for my side. I mean, I had an average of like 80 points a game. Um, per player on su- on Saturday, and then Sunday kind of killed it for me. I packed with a sixty six playing in the middle is fine. I expected worse from him playing thirteen, but can't yeah, but can't can't complain. Um, but yeah, that's going to kind of do the roundup. And yeah, uh, is there anything else to talk about, my man? Like it was a pretty weird round. It was sort of very up and down. It was the most unenjoyable round of football I've watched in a while. Is that because of, of your score or is that just because you didn't enjoy the footy? I was both. It was both. I didn't enjoy the football so much. You know, that last game was, wasn't a bad game, but I thought the the Dogs-Dragons game was low quality. I thought the Warriors game was terrible. I thought the Tigers-South game was really low quality as well. Um, 
Yeah, only, which is a bit frustrating. And then on top of that, yeah, obviously, Supercoach just kept bounding on me this week. What, I, game, what games? I did started we really well, and after that, I couldn't crack fifty with anyone. The Storm game was good to watch because of Munster. The Panthers game. It was never really in doubt. Yeah, this was a good contest, but... Um, Bron- Broncos-Tides was good just for the memes and the content that I got out of it, which was always fun. The Warriors-Knights was terrible to watch. The T- Rabbitohs-Tigers was cool for the last 20 minutes. The Sharks-Roosters, I'll be honest, it wasn't that great of a game. It was good for like a 10-minute spell in the second half when the Sharks had a comeback, but apart from that, it wasn't overly fun to watch. Bulldogs-Raiders, I'd rather be involved in a real-life saw uh, activity that you had to complete. And the Raiders-Eels... It was kind of a grindy affair, but 48 points is nice. So that was probably my, my match of the round, personally, my man. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I, I Yeah, what you said is fine. I, I, I look forward to – I'll be honest. I really hate the origin period. I know, I know everyone loves origin, but I just find it takes away from the football and the standard of football over the next six weeks drops off, and I hate that. I really wish that the origin was done after the season so it didn't impact the actual NRL season. Fair enough. They tried it. I didn't particularly like it, but it's their own. Um, mate, that's going to do it for the round What are we? Round 12. We're nearly halfway done for the season. Uh, round 12 podcast. Hopefully, I see some green arrows. I expect you see some red ones, but hopefully that they aren't too bad because Origin, bad red ones. Origin is the time when the experienced players hopefully can get ahead. And I was looking great until half my squad got picked for Origin. <laughs> Well, I've that's been, a, probably a good thing. It means you've been picking the right players. Yeah, unfortunately. I've been your host, Jesse Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence, who didn't get a mention today, but he looked very good at fullback as well, once again. Um, I've been joined by Brucey coach, the Brewald Order. Um, yeah, we'll be back on, what are we on? On Tuesday. Um, just to answer anyone's questions, if your player has been named for Origin, they will not be playing this week, and they might play round 14. There's a... It's, it's up in the air. So to save anyone asking Brew and I those questions, if your guys have been picked for Origin, they will not be playing this weekend and there's no guarantee they play around 14. But yeah, apart from that, man, is there anything else that we can uh, that we can leave the, the wonderful listeners on? No, we'll be back Tuesday. Let's talk some trades. Should be a fun week. Talk some tra- I'm very curious. I think I'm... Before before we wrap up, what are your initial thoughts? Obviously, we obviously this is Rage Trade Sundays. What are your very initial thoughts with your trades? Um, I think I'm going to sell Pappenhausen. I think I'm going to get Garrick <laughs> Finally. and Brighton in. It's only been, what, three weeks? Yeah, well, I've, I've always wanted it as the kind of my card up my sleeve this week. I think it's hurting me too much now um, because of the injuries. You know, I was okay carrying Paps as long as my, my other players were there. But now that I'm starting to lose them and they're dropping like flies, I think I need that cash flow, that cash injection, the hot beef. So there's no better hot beef than Angus. That's it, and, yeah. Uh, I'm, definitely looking at, I'm definitely looking at Angus, but I, I, I don't know how. Maybe I drop Thomas Darling if he's only going to be playing 20 minutes next week or is like is, is Daniel Tupo a season-long keeper because otherwise I can easily do Tupo to um, Angus and I just shift Talakai down. So... I'll have a look at the squad. We'll have a, well, I guess I'll, I'll have a, an assessment as to how we bring him in. But yeah, Angus is definitely hot property for myself included, my man. Um, as I said before, I'm uh, the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence. We ended up on a very nice 12-26 pre-updates. Coach, coached? Yeah, whatever. Joined by Brewer C22, coach of the Brew World Order. Uh, a little bit less with a 9-46 pre-updates, but Origin is back next week. And uh, yeah, definitely will be some talking points. Hey, mate. Just, just think of it. Nine forty six. Maybe you went a week early. Maybe nine forty six next week is the is the score to beat. 
as long as I score it and come first in the round because, yeah, Jesus. All right. Uh, thank you for listening, guys, uh, and we'll see you here. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. For now, goodbye. Yeah. Ciao for now, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 